The world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here and listening. I want to make a few announcements before we get started today. And the first one is that I'm now offering readings. Um, I'm offering Akashic Records readings, astrological birth chart readings, follow-up sessions, and general consultations. And so my goal with all of these readings are just to help you come closer to yourself. And sometimes, you know, we need an outside perspective or some help with getting in touch with our guides, and that's what I can help facilitate. Sometimes we have subconscious beliefs that are keeping us from moving forward. Sometimes we have hidden gifts that we need to know about to move forward. So all of these things are possibilities in my Akashic Records readings that can come up. Sometimes it could be past life memories. There's no telling. <laughs> the, the sky is the limit because with every person, the energy is going to be different. That being said, in this episode, I do a collective or I share a collective Akashic Records reading that I did for next year. And when I do collective readings, they often come out a little bit more poetic um, and rhymy. And so I'm just letting you know, those are a little bit different than my one-on-ones. My one-on-ones are more personal and a little bit more, um, they're actually all pretty different depending on your energy and your guides. So I can't really tell you exactly what to expect, except that um, my intention is just to help you come closer to yourself and the points that you're trying to develop and get to for your soul's growth. So another announcement. I have some new merch, um, some new Light Always Wins merch. So if you like my logo with the scales, the weighing of the heart, and the feather, and um, I have some other designs on t-shirts and sweatshirts, those are available in my shop. And the links for booking readings and uh, for merch are in the show notes below this episode. So without further ado, here is our 2024 forecast with my dear friend Stevie Callista. Hello everyone. Today I have my dear friend Stevie Callista of Farmhouse Moon here and we're going to talk about the energy and the astrology of 2024. Welcome Stevie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat about it. Yeah. So before we dive into 2024, are there any things we should know about the end of this year? So I think the biggest theme that we should kind of know going into 2024 is that December we have a Mercury retrograde. And so most of the, the, almost the entire month of December, all the way up until the new year's is Mercury at a slower pace. And so it's really a time where we want to focus on reflection, which is awesome. I think, because that's the time of year you really want to like slow down a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's the holiday season. So if things, um, you, you, you just want to like really lean into that slowdown, you know, yeah. like that you may have to revisit some things that you just went through in November because mm-hmm. with the retrogrades, you walk down a path and then you stop and you go back and then you stop and you go back again. So whatever you did in November will have to be revisited in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just like lean in, lean into the the reflection period and look back at the year and, you know, spend a lot of time thinking about what your intentions are for the next coming year. Like it's just kind of juicy and good in that way. Yeah. I love that because I feel like this Gemini full moon we just went through was like, for me personally, was just such a big burst of inspiration, like almost too much to know what to do with. So the idea of Mercury slowing down and slowing down some of those thoughts and things and reviewing them sounds really good to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a brilliant connection too. (laughs) Just be more intentional about, okay, which of these pieces are going to make it through, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like in a way the end of this year is very like succinct. Like sometimes the end of the year will feel like it's trailing on into the next year, but I don't really feel that with this one. Like it almost feels like we've already gotten a little bit of a start on next year in some way. Totally feel that too. Yeah. Big time. So, okay. For 2024, um, I heard it as the year of returning and the, the like themes that I'm feeling are change, justice, strength, courage, resources, sovereignty, and release. And in numerology, the eight is, um, is represented by Mercury and Saturn. So it feels like those two planets will be pretty prominent in the energy. We have Saturn and Pisces, which we can talk about a little bit more later. And um, before we started this recording, we were talking about feeling like we need to have more discipline to like really make our dreams come to fruition. So I'm feeling that as well as eight um, in the eighth house, which is very karmic. Um, It's tied to resources and it feels like Last year, we got a lot of practice with the Scorpio Taurus nodal axis in releasing stuff and and have finding karmic resolution. Um, and it feels like that's just going to continue a little bit more this year. And um, I, you know, I was looking at the tarot to see which cards are correlated with eight. And one is strength in the rider weight. Um, with the, the woman who's feeding the lion a pill, it's like, she's tamed the lion and she has the little infinity symbol above her head, which I love. Cause it's like eight turned on its side. And I feel it represents karma so much like, and that, that idea of returning, like going to the outside and coming back in. And, um, I'm really feeling like what goes around comes around <laughs> And the, the more traditional um, tarot decks had justice as the eighth card. So that kind of sums that up as well. Um, just in the justice card, you see this man on a throne. Sometimes it's a woman holding the scales of balance and the sword of truth. Um, and it's like kind of this sword of judgment too. 
but I feel with the strength card, there's we're coming at these themes from a more compassionate place. Hopefully, you know, like that would be the light expression of them is um, finding justice and sort of uh, solving things within ourselves, like inner turmoil and um, inner power, reclaiming our inner power so we don't feel like we have to push it on others. And then, of course, that being said, the shadow aspects are injustice and misuse of power and brute force. So um, we might see those kinds of themes expressed in those different ways this year, I feel like. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what was coming through for me about this year, just in general. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like, I think that that's what that really speaks to, to me, is the fact that the nodes are going to be in Aries and still in Aries and Libra, because it feels like the North node in Aries is strength. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to have to call on such inner strength to move through 2024 as, as, as sovereign, like you were saying. Yeah. And then the South node in Libra feels like it's justice. It's like the rebalancing of the scales happening for everybody internally and, you know, and collectively too. Yeah. So I think that really speaks to that piece and just the North node is like where we're headed collectively. It's like what our destiny is, you know, uh, it's where our mission lies. It's like what we're growing into. It's where the growth edge is. It's like the North star is what I always think of it. Like, and the South node is like the ending and what we're letting go of and how we're rebalancing out that archetype. So mm-hmm. I think that 2024 is a year to really, really dive into who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And to call on your inner strength yeah, um, because it really is going to be a year of disruption. Yeah. I truly believe that and necessary disruption. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the justice card is exciting because it means that the scales are going to be rebalanced because they're not balanced right now. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> the power does not lie to the people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think too, like your you were the the justice card really speaks to like our relationships and where we're really out of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and finding out who we are, this new version of ourselves that we're growing into, we're all like shedding these layers as we move into the age of Aquarius. Yeah. And it means that some relationships have to fall away or they have to change or there needs to be boundaries or the sword has to come out of justice to rebalance who you are in that relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, uh, something that occurred to me too, with the card of strength is like, um, that card reminds me of Leo and reminds me of like that sun essence. Like that is who I am is like the center of the sun, like remembering who we truly are. And also having like finding strength in our faith in what is bigger than us. And that like, we can, we can gain courage through believing and having faith that like everything's going to be okay. And that I'm taken care of by the universe. It's like this, this courage that goes beyond the self, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. And like not being the victim, right. Really understanding that we chose this time to, we chose to watch humanity change as we do, you know, as we all wake up feels like 2024 is going to be a lot of awakening So the people that feel like they've been having that moment are going to even grow deeper into it. Mm -hmm. And there will be a lot of new awakening. I think it's almost like, it feels like it's going to be forced upon us Yeah, and we'll have a choice, which also feels like the justice card to me. 
Totally. Right? Like the, the curtain is like unveiled and there's some stuff that we have to face that we've, that's been hidden in the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. I see the justice cards. Some of them are depicted with the blindfold over the person's eyes. And I see that blindfold having to fall away. Like, um, like you really are going to be seeing the repercussions of our past actions and our outer reality. And to a point where it's like, it can't be ignored anymore for the most part. Of course, there will still be people who, who, um, won't see it. And, and those people have their own place in the grand scheme of things too. So totally. Yeah. Goosebumps when you say that too, I really Mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be a year of the curtain being pulled back and Oz being (laughs) like, he is going to be unveiled like that. He's just a man, you know, like that we've all kind of been duped in a lot of ways. So even for the people that, you know, think that they know a lot, I feel like we're going to also be like, whoa, you know, yeah. What's, what's going on back there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be like humbled sometimes, you know, where you're like, oh my gosh, like I've noticed for myself lately when I'm exploring, um, sort of like, I don't know, ancient esoteric stuff. Like I've had this idea in the past of who's the victim and who's the perpetrator. And those lines are beginning to melt in my mind a little bit. And I think that that's sort of the key to our own, uh, decision to step out of that whole triangle of like the victim perpetrator rescuer. It's like this cycle that we're sort of stuck in or that we play in. I mean, I'm not even certain that we should be stepping out of it, but at least to gain a greater perspective, we should, you know? Yeah. And that, that feels like going to the top of the pyramid of that triangle. So you can, you can actually see that you're all three at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That makes sense to me for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a really interesting year. Let's say that. And I, there's something else that I really, um, felt into what is, and I know I've been saying this since 2021, but it's true still is like endings and beginnings. <laughs> like we're still at the end and beginning of things mm-hmm. because we have Pluto moving into, um, Aquarius finally, like all the way, but he's going to do the dance back to Capricorn. And we also have these are the la- this is the last year that Saturn and Uranus or I'm sorry Saturn and Neptune are going to be in Pisces. Yeah. So that's an end. Those are big endings and there th- that means integration. Okay. So you know, we've gone through all this stuff. Now it's like, all right, this is at the end. Now what do how do we integrate and embody these energies so before we move on again? Yeah. And you know, Saturn I always feel with Saturn and Pisces that he's going through a life between lives review. And and there's something about, I don't know if it's as linear as this, but I think about the planets going through Pisces, like the, the outer planets and how each one of their journeys is like peeling another layer of the onion of the past age we've been in and, and how like they're really like going through Pisces and, and seeing like, okay, like what? I don't know why it feels like a review, I guess, because that is the space we sort of go to between lives, right? It feels like that's where they're going to reconcile things from the past. And they're seeing what harm did I do? What didn't work? And what is sustainable and long lasting, you know? 100%. Well, Pisces is the end. That makes perfect sense that you would see it that way. Mm-hmm. it is it's like the end before and it's where we we all go to connect as to the universal divine oneness 
Yeah. So you're so much less in an individual in Pisces, you know? Yeah. You're much more everything in all things. So I think that that makes perfect sense that the planets traveling through that would be reviewing and ending and letting go. And, yeah, you know, I think the Saturn in, in Pisces is very much one that is asking us, like, what is our reality? What does that even mean? Because, like, you know, we were talking before this, we started recording and it was like, we're all trying to figure out what our reality is yeah. <laughs> and how we can create it from our imaginations and structureize our dreams, right? Like that's very yeah. Saturn and Pisces. Um, and, and what does that even look like? Because Pisces is the archetype of, like I said, it's like the great deep ocean of all. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's water, it's sensitive, it's everything, it's creative, it's spiritual. Yeah. And, you know, and Saturn is so structured. Yeah. And so the most structured planet comes into the least structured sign. It's like anything's possible. And it's, I think it's really asking people to get clear on what is real. Yeah. 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 And I still feel that a sense of like, like you said, bringing our dreams into reality and, um, and it's, it sort of feels a little bit difficult with Saturn and Pisces to like take the action (laughs) sometimes, but um, he's at least giving us a lot of inspiration to use for when he moves into Aries. <laughs> and, um, I think we still can take action, but I'm just saying this for myself. I'm like, perhaps that's why it feels a little bit murky. And, yep. and I think he's also like, I think Venus's grander cycle right now, um, which is like a Leo meta goddess cycle. She's inviting us to come back into the innocence of the inner child and to dream from that space of innocence. And even Aries in the North Node, I think we're really being invited to come back to remember when you were a kid and you didn't really think anybody was different than you, you know, like you didn't, you didn't have all of these conditionings and all of these things that taught you separation and I, I think we're being invited to come back to that space within ourselves and heal that inner child to create from that space. Absolutely. It's like embodying the child and the elder at the same time. <laughs> Which totally makes sense to a Saturn and Pisces. Mm. You know, I feel like when, like you were saying, it's kind of hard to, to take action with him there because yeah. all the action is in the background. It's like when we're dreaming at night, we're doing a lot of work. You know, yeah, like our yeah. subconscious beliefs, we're doing a lot of work. We're working through like the murkiness of all our judgments of ourself and our karma from past lifetimes. And it's intense and it can feel super depressing and heavy for some people. Yeah. You know, like depending on where it is in your chart and what kind of karma you're working through, mm-hmm. but it, it's deep. It's really deep and a bit, a, murky is like a great word for it. Yeah. So I want to also say like, if it feels like it's hard to take action, you have a very earthy planet and a very watery sign. You're literally in the mud. You're in the like muck. So it just lean on the fact that you are doing a lot of work and, and something to take action on is actually getting some help, getting some healing, working with a guide, working with a therapist. Like these are beautiful asking for help, like on your Uh, you know, your subconscious beliefs and, you know, getting readings from people or getting a past life regression. Like these are awesome ways to engage with Saturn and and Pisces. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We're doing way more work than we think. Do you know what I mean? 
Yes. It's just it, not physical. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense because everything begins in the spiritual realm. Everything begins totally. in the vibration. So it's sort of like we're reconciling a lot in those realms before it embodies in our bodies on earth. On Aries. In Aries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Neptune is the same way, right? We're doing a lot. We have been doing a lot of spiritual work because he's in Pisces for, he's been in Pisces for a very long time. I don't have that date, um, but it's, he will, he will be moving into Aries with Saturn in 2025. So this is the yeah. last year of these two signs and water signs, especially the Neptune thing. That's a huge deal. And moving into Aries is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and with Neptune and Pisces, what I've been feeling a lot is um, a return to, so like, I think one of the other times Neptune was in Pisces was the beginning of like a lot of spiritualist movements and the creation of theosophy. And I yep. know it's related to like um, some amazing films that have been made as well, but I'm really feeling like when Neptune's in Pisces, it's like inviting us to connect with those other realms and yep. um there's also an element that I think relates to the eight year, which is that time is not linear. So it's this opportunity to kind of pierce the veils of time and bring forth things from the so-called past and even the future for right now. Um, but it's like, how can we get really present to be able to tap into that energy and like use that? There's so much creativity in that realm. And, and for me, it often does feel very watery and poetic. Like I was saying before this, I was like, lately, I've just had trouble being like meticulous and scientific. Like everything wants to come out like poetry or something. I think it has something to do with those energies. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So much sense. Yeah. It's like the, the ballerina dancer or like the person listening to channeling music or, you know, the intuitive getting messages from the divine like it, the veil is so thin so so thin which also means right like the there's a beauty with neptune and pisces yeah like you can really we can all we can channel source like it's so cool yeah however you know neptune is the mystic and the martyr and so we can also become a victim we can give our power away we can become really disillusioned mm-hmm. or really distracted you know, yeah. like we fly away into the ocean and then we're, we're like just floating around, like what is real? So I think it's like, we've all had to learn. We've all been really connecting to that source energy and our past life selves and our spiritual selves. But it's also interesting to see like people's re- realities with Neptune because mm-hmm. it can be really foggy, um, you know? Yeah. And it can be really confusing in this place. It takes a lot to get in. Like, it feels like and one of the, I'm always going to say this because this is like my biggest thing is like, we're going to have to, part of our strength next year is that we have to remember to get into our bodies. Yeah. Like our bodies are the way that we ground into the earth. Right. And that yes. we channel and be clear with our truth and not get, not float away. Like mm-hmm. how important the physical actually is right now for us. Yeah. It's so important, especially with lots of planets in these really thin veiled watery places. Yeah. Because you and can other, get swept up quickly. Yes. And the other thing you you reminded me of as well is that I think Saturn is trying to help us with is learning discernment. And, yes. and um, that's another part of like 
now having contact with these other realms and things, there's a process of learning like, okay, how do I set those boundaries, protect myself and make sure that like what I'm um, communicating with is what I want to be communicating with. Also, I love what you said about being in the body and like remembering also to like stay grounded and remember that like you do have free will and everything you're getting from those realms doesn't need to be taken as like concrete. It's like, it's, it's um, like a suggestive imaginal realm. And a lot of things, a lot of times these things are communicated to us symbolically or in metaphor. And so it's just quite an interesting, uh, interesting kind of energy to navigate. Yeah. What a good point too. Like, I think that that's, so important because we can really get swept up in the emotion of Pisces really quickly, mm. you know, and I think we're closer to our past life self. We're closer to our soul self. And so it can get kind of overwhelming. That's why being in the body is really, really, really important. And yeah. I just want like, I literally just like from my own personal practice, I go outside and bare feet, no matter what temperature I stand in the grass for literally two minutes in the morning. And I look towards the sunlight. Yeah. With naked eyes, right? Like no contacts, no glasses for two minutes. That's it literally. And that's like all it takes. It's so simple. Cause I, I think sometimes we're like, I'm not doing this and this and this and this, and I'm failing, you know, uh-huh. it's like, spend two minutes and yeah. set your intention for the day during those two minutes and breathe really deeply longer out than in. And it's like, boom, you've done your work. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Anytime I'm like, feeling overwhelmed if I just go outside and I connect with nature I'm like boom I'm back here I'm in the now I'm in my body this is what's real and like that's another thing I think is really gonna come up with um with those placements as well as like Pluto moving into Aquarius is like this question of what is real like what is reality like what is my perception why is this my perception and there's such a push pull I feel like between a virtual reality and like nature and and what's already here for us and um, I think finding balance between the two is something that is on our future horizon for a very long time yes And like, we have to remember that like the simple things within nature, which we're part of are going to balance out all of that because this, that's the thing is like 20, 23 and four, we've already been seeing this Aquarian age really loudly and it's going to become louder. Yeah. And we're, we're here to play in it. You know what I mean? I use AI. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just like what you just said about remembering that we're nature and to connect with that part of us mm-hmm. otherwise we become very robotic it's I think this this nodal axis like pointing us to Aries is is like trying to join our toolbox for really knowing who we are so we can discern am I being controlled by technology or am I in control and I think that's sort of like the shadow. I think we're already like kind of merged with our technology, whether we like that or not. And it's up to us to use it as a tool or to let it use us. <laughs> yeah. And like we're going to waffle a lot. Yeah. Like I find myself being like, why am I watching somebody eat candy for two minutes? What, <laughs> what the heck? Or like somebody crunching like ASMR, like crunching soap flakes. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then like pulling myself back and be like, okay, you just lost five minutes of your life. That's okay. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. I just had this app pop up in, on Instagram, funny enough. That's like a, it's like a little app you can use that will remind you you're looking at your phone, like after yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. And it's like, Hey, do you want to go read a book? And, and it's telling you like, this is how much of your life you're spending on your phone. And it makes me like really reanalyze like, whoa, cause this is like incredibly addicting. And it's also kind of wild, like where we're at, um, in our world where our lives are decadent enough that we're not literally out there, like growing our own food and having to like tend to the land. Like now we are, it's so decadent. We can just like sit on our couch and like spend our life looking at this other reality if we want yeah. to yeah. it's just wild it's wild and then I think being aware of it and playing in it is fun you know yeah yeah and, but then balancing yourself out and remembering that you're literally nature so mm-hmm. none of that like it's real obviously but it's not natural per yeah. se you know not to what the planet that we live on like we yeah. need to match her Gaia so I'm pointing to my window um <laughs> But yeah, I think it's really important to not shame ourselves for like, we came here for this time, right? We're going, we're in the age of Aquarius. We're going to be seeing a lot of technological shifts and innovation happen. And it's going to really ramp up in starting in 2024. Yeah. So it's exciting, but you have to use discernment. Yes. You know? Yes. Intention. Yes. I, you know what I really hope to see? And I think that Uranus and Taurus gives us this opportunity in conjunction with like Pluto and and Aquarius is, um, or in combination with it is to remember how to use the earth's resources for amazing technology, you know, like rather than looking out, 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 like humans need to create something, um, really getting in touch with like the earth's natural energies to help us produce solutions to our issues that will be more sustainable. Like, I feel like that is the most exalted form of Pluto going through, or just the Aquarian age in general, if that makes sense. It's almost like a returning of Atlantis. But that being said, Atlantis had its shadow aspects as well of misusing technology. So it just feels like a recapitulation of all of the things that we probably learned and did in that time it's like here it's coming up again for us in a new way like how are we going to navigate it you know yeah absolutely it it feels so much like Atlantean times like every time I tune into it it feels like that yeah and the thing about you know let's like break down Pluto really quick because on the 20th of January he moves into Aquarius he popped into Aquarius this year 2023 and he's back in Capricorn right now right Mm -hmm. but on the 20th of January he moves into Aquarius he moves back into Capricorn on September 1st. And then he he finally moves all the way into Aquarius on November 19th. So from January to September, we're going to get this very heavy Aquarian energy. And I personally believe we're already in the age of Aquarius. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's debatable with many different people, depending on what they've studied. But either way, like this is going to bring Aquarius energy to the table. Yeah. So it's... When Pluto first moves to a sign, like when he moved into Capricorn in 2008, we saw the recession, right? We saw Mm -hmm. the housing market crash. Like what happens with the first few years is you're going to see the shadow because Pluto is the great alchemizer. 
-hmm. and he is the one that has to burn it down so that it can be rebirthed again. So he shows us the shadow. That's like, that's what he does. He shows us where power is being misused. Um, And with Aquarius, it means that the people are going to realize we haven't had the power for many, many, many years, right? Thousands of years. (laughs) Yeah. I think what you said about like, we're going to remember the technology that we've been using that the earth already provides us Mm -hmm. free, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're going to become really innovative because I think part of it is because we have to. Yeah. Because I think 2024 is also going to be pretty disruptive with nature. Um, and with the people versus the powers that be with the authority figures. That's also why I think it's like endings and beginnings next year, because we have Pluto dancing at the last degree of Capricorn to the first yeah. degree of Aquarius. Those are really potent degrees of yeah. any sign, right? Yeah. So you have what, like they, they keep showing me one person that's like has one foot on one side and one on the other. Yeah. That's so much what this year feels like. And we're kind of figuring out like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this dance? What do we want to take with us? What do we want to let go of? Um, yeah. But Pluto and Aquarius is going to really bring AI way, way, way to the forefront. It's yeah. super innovative. If you think about Aquarian energy, it's really scientific, mm-hmm. it's super open-minded to, you know, anything that's where spirituality and science meet, yeah. where you know, quantum physics is very Aquarian. And, um, but it's, it's still very detached. Yeah. You know, it's not an emotional archetype. Yeah. <laughs> it chooses, like I always think about Aquarians where they choose what's best for the group and humanity and the collective, but they don't really love people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, not that they're not loving. It's just like, it's not, it's a detached sort of energy. Well, That's- isn't another shadow of Aquarius too, like thinking you're a God? Like, yeah. So. 100% that's sort of like moving all those little pieces, like however you want to. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are you aligned with? (laughs) Right. And the thing is like Aquarian energy is very um, interested in the future. So it can sometimes be so in the future and it's, it's quite a few steps ahead of people really. Like that's a gift of Aquarius. You know, I know what's best for humanity collectively. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's kind of like Sagittarius where it can get on its high horse and say, well, everybody go do this because it's what's best for the group. When then you're, you're left with the unbalanced Leo archetype, which is opposite of Aquarius, which is like, hang on, where's my individual truth? Yeah. Where is my expression? How am I allowed to just be myself? And so we are very much going to see this in 2024. Like you're going to see the shadow of Aquarius and it's going to take everyone to hold a collective consciousness of what we want our future to look like and take action next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think the election's going to be really hairy, you know, that'll be interesting. Um, and when Pluto moves from Capricorn to Aquarius, um, it's so interesting, you know, Pluto has like a, what a 250 year cycle just about. Yeah. Uh, I think Plato wrote that that's the living cycle of an empire. And so it's like, that's when the empire dies is when Pluto comes through Capricorn. And then you have this revolution, this revolutionary energy with him moving into Aquarius. And we just had the, um, we're having like the US Pluto return as well. So we're sort of seeing that in the microcosm of the US, but it feels like a a worldwide kind of thing as well. And, uh, And again, with the idea of the recapitulation, like, I feel all of these old themes of like the Roman empire coming up. And I think that 
the U.S. tried to escape the Roman Empire or the British rule, but I don't, I think they just kind of became <laughs> the same thing again, honestly. Like, it, it's a cycle where I, it, who knows how we can best be governed? I think the answer is to, for each of us to govern ourselves. But when will we get to that point where everyone can be sovereign and govern themselves? It's like such a paradox, you know? But you have to take the journey to get there. We have to go through that because we're creating it as we go, right? Like, I think that the power to the people is going to be very, like that we need to take the power back, mm-hmm. not just say like, oh, we're victims or, oh, we don't know what to do or we can't make a change. Like, yeah. and, and then I just want to say again, from a practical level, what we believe is going to happen in the future, like that shit matters. Yeah. So, you know, like we could collectively all sit in our houses and hold the intention of belief that what we're going to move into is beautiful unity, you know, not saying there isn't going to be like tumultuous energy to get there, mm-hmm. but I think that's really important Yeah, that we like, do that energetic work to not yeah. just say it's doom and gloom, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, that's the Aquarian. Like if we can get ourselves a few steps ahead and, and start creating the new for it to be ready for when the other things break down. I mean, all of this is already happening with a lot of people. There's a lot of people who have uh, big dreams and aspirations and are remembering all these things that are doing their best to get new systems ready. And um, I definitely feel like one of those people. And I feel like that's what I'm focused on. But it's interesting because you also can't deny like what's happening in the background, you know, right. of the the collapse and the chaos and the violence and, oh, it's just wild. It feels like when you said one foot's, you said one foot's in Capricorn and one foot's in Aquarius, it feels like one foot's in an old consciousness and one foot's in a new consciousness. Kind of. Yeah. A hundred percent. And if you go back to these North Node, Aries, Libra, South Node, like, we are all trying to figure out how to, how to reharmonize everything. Yeah. And like where we've said it's in harmony, but it hasn't been our inner truth. Yeah. Right. Like Libra's shadow is very, and when you have the South node in a sign, it's like, it shows the shadow. It's going to show that part. Yeah. Um, And Aries is the warrior, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if there was more fighting because there's this this harmony that we've not been facing and we've been, um, we haven't, confronted what we need to because we're scared Mm -hmm. um in ourselves and in our relationships too like at a personal level but I really feel like the the Libra archetype is the one that's going to say like oh you just yeah sure and they harm they they just say it because they realize that the other person's going to be at peace or in harmony and then they're resentful yes right like I certainly have this Libra archetype all over my chart and I have had to learn how to be in disharmony with my own nervous system <laughs> mm-hmm. and be uncomfortable and co- and confront what is scary to me, like scary so much I shake, you know, yeah. so that I can come actually be in my own truth yeah. and not be in resentment. And, and often we, the other person needs us to do that too. So we're all doing that. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. at a global level is really intense. Yes. And you know what you're, you're reminding me of too, is how Libra is ruled by Venus and 
Aries is ruled by Mars and it's sort of this balancing of the masculine and the feminine. And I really feel like lately the masculine's really going through a deep healing that is the masculine part is the one that can set the boundaries and protect the energy field or the shell or the home for the feminine to do what she does best, which is create. And so it feels like we're, we're doing a lot of healing. And that makes me think of Chiron in Aries as well. And I think that originally Mars was not really a God of like war necessarily, like going out and killing people. It was more of like a protector kind of energy and like defender, not so um, offensive. It was more like defensive and like holding a safe container for us to do what we do best, you know? And I think going back to what you said, like the Leo Aries energy is like, how do you do, how are we doing that for ourselves? Yeah. And that inner work is going to create the foundation, like you said earlier, for us to move towards because the nodes are going to shift into Pisces Virgo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's, that one's hard for me to wrap or wrap my mind around. That's not till 2025 though, right? Right. Okay. Yep. But yeah, like we're setting the stage, right? Like yeah. North node in Pisces, South node in Virgo is going to be 2025 is a really, really big year. Yeah. Like, and we won't go into all of that because 2024 is going to show us what needs to collapse truly. That's mm-hmm. the Capricorn Pluto energy. Like we got to let go of these. It's time. Yeah. And like, there is no more time I'm hearing. We yeah. have to, right? Like yeah. we don't get to dabble anymore. <laughs> it's this idea again of like, like returning. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not done yet. Okay. Go back, (laughs) go back, peel another layer, go back, purify, whatever that is, go back, let that go. Like it it feels majorly karmic, like in a, in a good way though. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to, if you want, it's interesting. I feel like, um, we have to let go of being afraid of change. Well, that's the, this is the Uranian, Jupiterian, Taurus energy that you're talking about. Okay. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Where have you been too comfortable? Yeah. And too in the luxury and the lazy and the ease, like that's the shadow of Taurus. Like, nah, I'm comfortable here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even though, like it's not your, for your best. Like, what are you doing? Eating chocolate all day, sitting on the couch. It's not good for you. Right. Like you sound like my husband. <laughs> I'm a triple Taurus. You know, I can say yes. these things. I really, yes. yeah. Like, yeah. I really understand the shadow and of all the archetypes, Taurus is the most scared of change. It will dig all the way down and root itself so deeply, even when it's like total awfulness around it. Yeah. Right. But like, it's familiar. I've done it for like 10 years. Yeah. It's so interesting, you know, with, because Taurus is like an earth sign and I think it's fascinating. Well, it's fixed. So I guess that's where this comes in, but I think it's fascinating because like nature is constantly shifting and changing. You would think Taurus could understand that, but. (laughs) But that's, that's a really healthy, high vibrational Taurus. Okay. Like they understand how deeply, like how deeply connected they are. They are the most connected sign to nature, right? Okay. So we're coming back again to this connection to nature, how that can really help us. Yeah. And the cool part about this, like Uranus has been there since 2017, 18, right? 
Um, and he's been forcing us to do this work. Yeah. Right. He's, <laughs> he, um, in 2025, he moves into Gemini. So this is the last year that Uranus is in Taurus. Yeah. And we have this beautiful conjunction in, um, on a- April 20th of Jupiter and, and Uranus together. So mm-hmm. Jupiter brings like, he's so fascinating. I always go back to 2020 because it's helpful to review when yeah. Jupiter hit Pluto three times, like they came, oh. they conjuncted three times. Okay. And I think the first one was in, was it April? I'm not sure. Anyways, the whole year was flavored with this Jupiter Pluto conjunction. Jupiter will over exaggerate whatever he touches. Okay. Right. He is abundance. He is expansion. He is big picture vision thinking like belief systems, philosophies, um, He's really like, for the most part, he feels really good. Like if you have Jupiter activations, right. It's just like you expand there and it's and it. Things work out in your favor, right? right. He's beneficial. They say, mm-hmm. um, however, if he comes up to a planet, that's the disruptor planet, like Uranus, he exaggerates Uranus, which imagine that that's like a tornado or no, let's it's even like, I think of Uranus as like the lightning strike. It's the whole effing storm. Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to be in fear or anything like that, but this, but April 20th and any time leading up to this, right. Really the entire year is going to be flavored by this until the end. Um, the first half for sure, there is going to be a disruption and we are going to be forced to change because it's in Taurus. Yeah. Like uprooted Uranus says like, I will lightning bolt you. I will strike you because you are not in your authentic truth anymore. And you are not, you are trapped. You are a slave. So he lightning bolts us and shakes us sometimes really unexpectedly, unless Mm -hmm. you're an astrologer and you know, it's coming, right. (laughs) Or you study astrology. Well, you still won't know how it's going to happen though. Exactly. Even if you try to figure it out, Yeah. but it can be shocking, alarming. Like I'm telling you 2024, you have to take care of your nervous system, please. If you do anything, do what we're talking about. <laughs> you say that because I also think of Uranus as Kundalini energy. Absolutely. So something that could be really helpful is maybe to have like a breathwork practice or a Kundalini yoga practice so that when Uranus comes, you are tuned into that energy. And and Jupiter hitting him feels like a giant Kundalini awakening. Like huge spiral. And what's Ooh. interesting last year when we talked, I got the message that all of Earth's chakras would be activated in the seven year. And it's really interesting. I follow Matias de Stefano a little bit, and he's been doing tons of like Earth chakra activations. And so this could also be um, some sort of, this could be related to the Earth itself as well, you know? And I, I know people sort of talk about like pole shifts and, things like that. When I've checked into that, that hasn't felt like a super um, quick shift. It feels like a slower shift, but there could be something related to that I'm feeling. And um, yeah, I love what you're saying about the nervous system, because I know in my own life, I've had Uranian experiences and I had been practicing yoga for like three or four years. And it had, it prepared me to be able to take care of myself in like the craziest of circumstances. Like even when all parts of my soul left my body, like that feels like Uranus to me too. 
I would, I knew how to take care of my body at least so that I could like help bring these pieces back in. And, and so it feels like that energy could look a lot of different ways, depending on how you go about your life. And, um, and also just like, it always feels, I mean, I think everything's sort of written in the stars in a way, but I I'm hearing like written in the stars, like whatever happens, it's for your highest good. And it feels like it's an invitation for us to connect to the collective consciousness. Absolutely. And like that part of us that every, like the, the rebel, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is going to activate everyone's inner rebel and push us to change. Whether that's like in the tiniest of ways to say goodbye to a friend that's like really awful to you or moving or you know, like this is, these are big disruptive changes in your life. Um, and I think it's really important to remember that like Uranus is our freedom. He's the rebel because he, we're out of alignment with what actually feels like truth or actually feel like he's, I always think of him as like our higher selves in a lot of ways, Yeah, you know, and he, he hit my sun and my moon and my mercury, and now he's hitting my Chiron. So this is the, since 2018, I've had massive (laughs) uranian activations to my personal planets and i he feels so electrical and so for a taurus right for all these are all my taurus placements he has pushed me and helped me be so brave you know and i i want everyone listening to like really take a moment to what is your gut saying like what's your actual truth and what is your fear saying because uranus is our truth right and he will push us to face the fears and yeah. make the changes that we need to do because we're, it's like he, he, he gives us like a parachute to jump off the cliff. Yeah. Like you're good. Just do it. Yeah. You know, and we're going to see disruption in the collective. Mm-hmm. April's April. I mean, it's like February, March, and April. Those are really, really intense months. There's a lot of things going on then. So we're going to see the collective become rebellious. Yeah. And it's going to be for our highest good, but it could be yeah. really shocking. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And and I think that Chiron and Aries, again, is such a key, <laughs> a key piece in this because like when we do Chiron's work, he's what connects us to Uranus. Yes. And so it feels like he's sort of trying to give us a little leg up in um, healing a lot of our wounds about our identity and who we truly are. So we can and also learning tools of how to heal ourselves, how to be self healers, not saying we shouldn't get help and things. I think that's a part of that, but it's like, he's helping us to learn the tools that allow us to get to the root of something so we can get back to our innocence. And then with Chiron, he, however we heal ourselves becomes our gift. And then we can move forward and help others through their process as well, you know, and it, I feel this like Jupiter Uranus sort of like igniting something about, about that Chiron placement. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you say that when because February 19th, the North node hits Chiron. That's a really yeah. big moment. Okay. So that feels like preparation because, um, and this isn't just like boom on February 19th, like we're talking the few weeks leading up to, and the activation afterwards, it's kind of like that <laughs> eclipse energy. That's way bigger than just the full moon, you know? Um, but Chiron meaning the North node is like the North node again is our destiny where we're heading our, 
our dharma, like our mission go Mm -hmm. here. Right. And Chiron is our wounds. And also the fact that we've healed. And like you said, and are helping other people heal. Yeah. Um, So this, this time for people is going to be a a review of how you've healed February, you know, and also Mars conjuncts Pluto on Valentine's day. So that's a massive trigger of the, yeah. Talk about initiating more of that masculine feminine yes, or the masculine healing, especially. And the shadow of Pluto and Aquarius. Yeah. So I think something Mars is a trigger, right? And Pluto is the the shadow and the transformation and taking the power back. And so there's this trigger moment around Valentine's day that really says like, you need to take action now. Mm -hmm. And then the North node hits Chiron. And so it's like this moment of collective an initiation into collective healing. Yeah. In Aries though, right though? So that's like Chiron energy is our wound. So even if you've done so much healing, you're going to be triggered during this period of time. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just like, how do we, how do we, so we need to have the, even though if we're triggered, we can right. have the tools to work with that, tri- with 100%. our triggers. Right? And you've been on this journey to pull out your tools yeah. And you're going to also be initiated to help other people during this time. If you've been yeah. healing yourself in yeah. any way, shape or form, even the littlest way, people are going to come to you and lean on you. So you want to be ready, right? Like, and, and for those of us who've kind of been hiding our gifts and hiding how we've healed, this is going to be initiation. And this is going to be a time where you're like, Hey, it's time. It's time yeah. to step up. Ooh. Right. And be in service to, with these beautiful tools, you've, you've healed yourself this way. Yeah. So now you can share. Well, I love that. I think that's beautiful. And I, I really not to go personal, but I could see how that's in coming to fruition in my own chart. And that's exciting for me because I personally, and I'm I'm saying this because I know a lot of other people probably feel this way is um, I feel, I don't want to say like I'm in a closet, but I do feel like I can only share that kind of stuff with certain people and it doesn't feel comfortable for me to share it on a larger scale with like everybody that I've been friends with on Facebook for years and years and years. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think it's so, so interesting that healing could be such a taboo topic. So (laughs) I do see like more and more people talking about it. And what you're saying sounds like people are really, really going to have to start looking at that. I feel like it's going to be like, just intuitively, not astrologically. It just feels like a time where you have to come out of the closet if you, if you can help other people. Yeah. And you're going to, you're going to want to obviously lean on your own tools during yeah. this to help yourself. Right. Yeah. And look back at all the ways in which you've done so much healing because Chiron really is the deepest wounds from a soul level. Like Mm-hmm. how we've been killed in past lives, how we've been banished, how we've been starved. Like these are big traumas that our soul has faced mm-hmm. and they play out in this lifetime, right? Yeah. In all kinds of ways, different ways, but it's still yeah. the same thing, but different. And when, the, when Chiron's activated with the North node, there's something about like pushing us back, like pivoting us back to the path that our soul feels most alive, you know? Yeah. It would be a deep calling for people. Like, no, we need you. And I'm seeing how this can show up in so many different ways too, Steve. Like I can see how it it may not just be about um, healers and things. It could even be 
people's creative projects and how whatever they're creating is going to help other people in in many different avenues of life and society. So yeah, I just kind of got this like writing. Absolutely. Like healing is really broad. It doesn't just mean like you're, you know, you're a therapist, right. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What has worked for you? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like a really big activation, especially with the Mars Pluto. Um, and we have a bunch of like conjunctions right around the early February time with Aquarius. So Aquarius season's like on crack this year. So is kind of, so is Pisces. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about some of those conjunctions? Um, I don't actually have them with me, but it's literally the first two weeks of February. Um, Yeah bunch of plant any anytime essentially anytime the sun mercury mars or venus moves into aquarius it's going to hit pluto oh right right so the day that aquarius season starts okay we have the conjunction with pluto and it's just like back to back to back it's just like a whole bunch of zero degree plutonian aquarian energy wow which again is going to show us the shadow of like where we're off balance so yep and also like um a lot of release. Yeah. Like a lot of letting go of old ways. Yep. And that's, that's like symbolized so much too, with it being an Aquarius and like initiating us into this Aquarian age even more, you know? Yeah. Like detachment, like detaching Mm. and something else too, that I'm gonna, cause I like that sometimes, sometimes I need to detach, right? Oh yeah. So controlled and attached to least I do. Um, Earth signs here. <laughs> yep. Earth signs here. The other thing about this Plutonian Aquarian energy is like, we're probably going to see way more talk about aliens, extraterrestrials, whatever, yeah. you know, galactic beings. Like this is probably going to become public knowledge for real. Yeah. Whether that's coldly truth or who it's coming from, use discernment. Um, yeah. But it's going to become so much more normalized. And I think it already is, right? Yeah. Like, the public isn't, they, they, we all believe that alien, for the most part, we're not shocked that aliens are real, right? <laughs> Come well, on. It's interesting because there was something recently that came out in the mainstream media, like saying, oh, aliens do exist. I don't remember the exact words, but that was essentially the, the message. Yeah. And I actually saw a lot of skepticism from people because they're getting so tired of like the distortion of mainstream media so they're like really now you want us to believe this like it's it's so much about like coming back to ourselves and and asking like okay from my own experience what do I believe you know and then like I like that idea of like the detached kind of Aquarian way of observing it all too and just staying really open and not attaching to a certain belief because I think another possibility that um, some people have have seen in the works is like trying to present aliens as like a new god or something. And that just has us like giving our power away again, you know, so that could be like a shadow expression of that if that even gets to the point of being able to happen. I almost feel like I have more faith in humanity that that's not even like a possibility. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. We have a hero complex because I think that, I think that they have helped us in really tumultuous times and past yeah. ages, you know? So it's yeah. like, come save us. And they've given us a lot of technology and there's, you know, so much that they've done for us. So I think we do have 
that complex, but I think it's important to remember like that they're interested in us for a reason because we're really interesting as a species, yeah. right? And like we're, we're awakening in our own way, you know, and how and much- what happens to us affects the rest of the universe. 100%, like that, it, that we're important in this. Mm-hmm. And we actually can collectively do the work together to make the change. And I think that the, the initiation is coming for real. Yeah. 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 And one other thing I'd like to say about this topic as well is that I think it's important to keep our minds open to the possibility of extraterrestrials, like many possibilities of what they actually are, that they could be they can be physical beings, but then that they can be interdimensional beings, that they could possibly be like our spiritual ancestors and, and to just keep like a really open mind about what that is. Like, I, I really don't like the term alien because it sounds like outside of us. And, um, and I, I don't know, I don't have a really good term. I tend to say extraterrestrial, but I think that hopefully we'll be gaining more understanding about all of this, you know? I mean, I feel like I've had my own personal experiences with them and I still don't fully understand them. Oh yeah. You know? I don't think we're ready. Yeah. I think it's the, the foundation is is becoming laid so that we can be out of vibration to really understand it because it's really hard to comprehend when our truth has been so closed off, you know? Yeah. And we're all being like open. Like I always see like the brain exploding emoji (laughs) yeah that's what that next year feels like like what you know yeah (laughs) I love it Uh, the last thing that I wanted to talk about though I think I basically um oh Uranus I'm sorry uh Jupiter does move into Gemini next year and I don't have that date I don't know why I think May 25th okay yeah I was thinking May or June okay thank you yeah yeah, that's a big move too, right? Like Jupiter being in, in Taurus, um, in earth sign, and he's going to move to Gemini. So it's like all of our inner librarians are very activated and our curiosities and, um, Gemini energy is awesome because so many ideas can come in and you're a student and you're so curious, which I think this is going to help us so much, Wendy. Yeah. Stay open into curiosity, but again, Pluto and Aquarius, Gemini or Jupiter and Gemini, that's air, air. Yeah. It's a lot of mental activity, like grounding yeah, activities, yeah. <laughs> really, really important, but that's going to really help people detach and keep an open mind. It's going to be really interesting. I think I, uh, I wrote, I'm sure your libraries will grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be like Aquarian libraries. Yeah. And I can see this energy actually helping us to understand other people's perspectives more too. 100%. Like I see his benefic energy coming in and being like, oh, this is like, and it's, it's opposite that Sagittarian energy, which is interesting. Right. And it's like, let's, let's explore different perspectives here. Absolutely. And it's going to be trining Pluto. So that's a very harmonious aspect. Nice. So he'll kind of help us transform and and see the shadows perhaps as well. A positive expansion, especially after he just kissed Uranus in April, right? Like that's intense. And then he moves along into um, maybe even more clarity or more, more curiosity, more different perspectives coming in. I'm seeing the like brain exploding emoji and like this big awakening and then being, then people being like, 
and now I need all these books to figure out what the yeah, where's the library? <laughs> where's my friend that's been talking about this weird shit for a while? She yeah. wrote. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing that I want to talk about, um, because most of the things we've been speaking about have been the beginning of the year, which really there's, that's like a lot of the activations. There is the opening square between Saturn and Jupiter in August. So this cycle started on the solstice of 2020. Remember when Jupiter and Saturn came together one day, I know, you know, this date really Uh strongly. (laughs) (laughs) When everyone was like, they're, they're in the sky. Everyone go look, it's the Christmas star. Right. Yeah. That was a new cycle between Jupiter and Saturn and they, they start their opening square in August. So this is the first real aspect between, well, the first tense aspect, let's say, because they've had a sextile, but um, this is a complete push pull expansion, contraction, expansion, contraction. And what I keep hearing, which this was 2021's energy big time, um, even though it was Uranus, but anyways, this is like a but I want to do the new thing. Like I want to be in the vision, but no, 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 you need to do the traditional thing. Let's stick to like, let's, let's stick to what we know. Right. It's like a yeah. push between expansion and facing our fear, which can be Saturn's energy, yeah. karma and where we're headed. This yeah. is a big push pull. So this is the election. Mm. Pluto moving back into Aquarius, November 19th. So he will be at the last degree of Capricorn during the election. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. And I don't know what the inner planet stuff is. I haven't looked that far ahead, um, but this opening square, which we're going to feel in the summer and fall is going to push and pull us between the old and the new. Again, those two feet in both sides mm-hmm. straddling, like how did, how do I, what do we take with us? What do we leave? How do we face our fear to expand? Yeah. And this is internally too, right? For all of us, but also we're going to definitely see a very tumultuous election. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Which and makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> between Pisces and Gemini? Yes. Uh, okay. Which is interesting. So it'll be Jupiter and Gemini and Jupiter and, Gemini. and Pisces. Wow. That feels confusing. Yeah. Let me, let me just make sure. I'm going to look in the ephem- ephemeris. Okay. Yeah. just want to make sure Jupiter's, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he moves in May. He moves May twenty fifth to Gemini. Okay, yeah. He goes retrograde or anything. He does, but I don't think he goes back into Taurus. Yeah, he stays in Gemini. Yeah. So, yep, it is Gemini squaring Pisces. Those are mutable signs, movable information is kind of all over the place. That feels so karmic because it's like Saturn in Pisces. Pisces is the age we're moving out of. And Jupiter and Gemini wants to encourage curiosity and yeah. new perspectives. Thank goodness it's in Gemini, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're mutable signs. So it's not going to be like so fixed in, yeah. what our, you know, there's like, it's open to, pers- it's open to interpretation. Yeah. And I feel like this is really where <laughs> we're going to be all a little bit confused about what's real. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. They're both signs that are like, open to interpretation yeah yeah so just like part part of that too I always give myself permission when we have these activations to if you are confused or trying to figure it out or you find discernment like maybe it's okay to just figure it like let yourself be a little bit untethered you know what I mean yeah yeah kind of 
kind of ride the waves a little yeah. bit. Um, I wanted to thank you so much for all of that. I love yeah. it. I love how you speak astrology because <laughs> I feel like I start floating away and you're like, back to earth, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> This is how it's practically happening. And I'm like, well, let me go into the esoteric layers of time. <laughs> I love that though. I love that you bring that perspective and you bring the timelines from the past and the and the future together. Yeah. I think that's yeah. so helpful. And I have a question for you. Do you know what age Atlantis was? Uh, I would have to look at my, I mean, okay. I can't tell you for certain. I can tell you right. like, my what theories right I'd have to look at my cosmic clock which actually I can do real quick yeah I'm just I'm really curious to see like how it plays out into Aquarius you know what I mean because it feels yeah. like the Atlantis energy is really going to be prevalent <laughs> it well, already is. do you know what's really interesting is that the symbol for the Aqua the sign of Aquarius is the Egyptian symbol for water and the word is moo which is a oh, word for lemuria yeah I so i find that really fascinating and what it means to me is just like i see aquarius as ancient memories like mm -hmm. um i see all those ancient memories coming back through that sign and yeah. i think that's why we think of atlantis so much yeah um it's, it feels like the merging of like Egyptian and Atlantean times is what we're really dabbling in right now, right? Yes. And something that I've been exploring that I think is super interesting is um, it feels like even during the times of like Lemuria and Atlantis, I know there was some time where they overlapped a little bit and okay. the Lemurians were much more of a quote unquote primitive people and much mm -hmm. more connected to the earth and the earth cycles and way less technological. Whereas the Atlanteans were a more technological culture and civilization. And um, there's definitely like a couple different species of humans as well. There's the Cro-Magnons and the Neanderthals. I'm still doing a lot of, I still have a lot more research to do on this, Ooh, I love this. but it's, <laughs> some pieces together about our differences as human beings and how and kind of like is another example of duality on this 3d planet and that push pull of Saturn and Jupiter and it's sort of like um it's I kind of see Saturn is like the earth people and Jupiter is like the technological people and like this push pull between how do we live here physically and how do we use our creative powers to create things that can benefit people more than cause more harm and that being said i think it, i think it can be difficult to be a technological society and not cause harm yeah. but what are we down here to do like what do we do with our time here on earth like creativity is such a gift and then even in the the things that we create that aren't so great we learn from it right so yeah. um I'm looking at this this little hourglass I created maybe I'll share it um yeah do it let me see here 
I love your hourglass creation. Thanks. So this is, take this with a grain of salt because this is very, very intuitive, but. um, So pretty. <laughs> so I sort of started with, um, I guess you could call this more like the Hyperborean Epoch. I wasn't really familiar with that when I created this. And then we went into the Lemurian Epoch, which actually I have landing in Aquarius. And then when we get around to um, developing thinking in the Atlantean Epoch, it's more of a Sagittarius energy. Okay. So that's so interesting because the classic ruler of Aquarius is Saturn and the ruler of Sagittarius is Jupiter. So it is that, it kind of is that clash of like flavor. Saturn, Jupiter. If this is even correct, this is totally theoretical. But, um, you know, in that Lemurian epoch, we only felt, we didn't, we were very clairvoyant. We didn't have like a super physical awareness yet. And in the Aquarian or in the Atlantean epoch, we developed thinking and willing. And when we developed our free will, that's when we really got into trouble. And so I think that our current epoch is so much about learning that, like knowing we have free will and learning how to use it responsibly. Yeah. And like a do-over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and if you look at the bottom of this, um, I kind of feel like what we're headed into is like coming to this point of being aware of like all time and all space. So it's, it's developing, rem remembering the awareness of all these things we've been through. So hopefully we can decide from a wiser place. If that makes this sense. This is so cool, Wendy. Like, yeah, the fact that like Egyptian times were very Taurus energy. And so I think Jupiter and Taurus also really talks to this, like how we're remembering the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the Egyptians right now, especially yeah. this year. Like as soon as Jupiter moved into Taurus, I remember I, I looked outside and I was like, the trees are talking to me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like they're so, they're so alive. Like before it was like, they're trees and I love them. And, but it was like, Oh no, they're, they're like alive. They're doing a lot of work for us. Like, you know what I'm saying? And you know what? <laughs> when I think of the Egyptian culture, um, I feel a balance of Saturn and Jupiter. I feel a balance of being yeah. connected to the earth and also using technologies. Um, yeah, using structures, right? To yes. expand. Using sound for healing, using yeah. sound to create structures. I think perhaps some of those structures helped us produce free energy with the obelisks. And, and it's like, that was a time that I think we had some remembering from Atlantis and perhaps Lemuria. I'm yeah. not sure, but um, that felt to me and my soul, that feels like a balanced time. Like, like my logo, like Ma'at, like living by the laws of Ma'at by natural law. Yeah. And um, so I do not know if there's any possibility of arriving at that point again in our lifetimes. Right. <laughs> I think we have a lot to uh, recover from. And I think we're just on to so many more technological discoveries, but, but being aware of that culture at least can, can help us to live through this time. And um, who knows? You never know. I guess we can dream big. Yeah. 
but you can't yeah, you never know things can no. move I mean think about how fast like when we grew up right like where our technology was I had like the big phone where I put like aluminum on it and I would try to like get into other people's conversations walking down the street <laughs> about that that's amazing or like the you know I had like the rotary phone you had to remember people's numbers like it's crazy to think about how just everything, just how much it's, it, how quickly that's, you know, I just feel like it's going to kind of that brain emoji, it's going to go even faster. It's like, we're going to, which means more healing for our bodies, more healing for the earth. Like we could do big things quickly. Yeah. You know, you never know. That's true. If, if yeah. we heal ourselves, there's no telling what we can do. Right. Right. We live oh. longer. I just, it's just everything about it. Like really harnessing energy, the, the physical energy that we have on this earth. No wonder I feel so, I have like Lemurian crystals all over my desk. There's like four of them. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I feel so, I feel like maybe we need to go to Shasta. Yes, let's do it. 2024. And you know, there's something that I went to um, a talk that Kel, the astrologer Kelly Hunter did. I'm interviewing her soon. She was mm. talking about Aries and, and the way she talked about Aries is similar to the sun symbol, how Aries has this field and it pulls everything to itself and it has this like true north this true center just like the sun like it is the divine spark yeah so, um that is the spark where we create from you know so who knows with who knows what we're capable of you know maybe uranus will show us he's <laughs> definitely going to show us where we're off a little bit yeah 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 and I always just keep in mind, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. I was going to say, I always keep in mind that these shifts may take years and years and years and years, but I really like what you just said is like, there's no telling how quickly things can happen. Like, because technology has advanced so quickly in our time. So time. time is changing, right? Yes. And our consciousness, I right. feel our consciousness is shifting yeah. majorly because it's a necessity for what we're coming into. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So use your what? tools next year, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <Save> <laughs> your body. Use your have, have a lot of grace with yourself as you're, as you're walking through, I just have to keep reminding myself of that, like chill out. You're like working through deep ancestral stuff. Yeah. lifetimes of stuff like have some freaking grace you don't yeah. even know the whole picture you just feel this right now in this moment you know yeah yeah grace <laughs> well I I channeled something from the Akashic Records for next year yeah let's hear it it came out I definitely was connecting with the pinnacle which is like a council of Pleiadian energies and they speak very poetically so do you feel like Pleiadians are connected to Pisces Wendy um that's a good question kind of because well the, obviously they're in the constellation of Taurus but okay. um, <laughs> but that's that they're like the shoulder of the bull okay but that's supposedly the gateway to the Akashic records oh so, um interesting Pisces kind of feels like the Akashic records. And it does. Right. Yeah. Our past lifetime records. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so they said, hello, brave ones. 
Are you ready for a miraculous year of transformation and release? A year of rebirth where you initiate new ways of being with yourselves and each other? Departing and returning, each time learning something new to get you through and in more and more wholesome ways, in ways from healing and feeling, not so much thinking and doing, regretting and fretting, but going with the flow of what you've always known and what you remember. Remember, remember, remember who you truly are, a spark of the all connected to one and all, shining bright, reminding with your light where we all come from and how we all belong. What you bring to fruition will live on for the new. Tools developed to nourish you and yours for generations to come and perhaps for your return later on. You see, this linear time experience is such a gift where you get to see how it all comes to be. Planting, reaping, dying, and sowing over and over, each time unique. That's the treasure that you seek. Something new, something unique that keeps your spark burning, your inspiration churning for a new day, a new way, a chance to pave a new pathway for your soul to follow back to the divine and back to earth another time. Forever returning again and again in every moment, every breath, every birth, and every death. How can you accept this is the human experience. How can you reflect with absolute reverence? Remember this this year and all the years to come. Cherish each other and yourselves knowing you are all one. Forgive, but don't forget, as that's where lessons are learned. But do let go of expecting the same so something new can be attained. Listen, get quiet, go deep within. Do you hear crying, smiling, anger, joy? Let it out and do not toil. Express yourself in every way to get the best use of every day. <clears throat> Time is turning in your world. From here, it's all already been. Knowing this, you may find peace until you return again. Soul light shining, vessel strong, trusting when you know something's wrong. Follow your soul, follow your spark. Bring your torch to integrate the dark. Practice this. It is quite simple. Returning and burning, returning and burning, releasing and bathing, releasing and bathing. The process of change that we see all around us need not be afraid. It is nature's way. Be you in a world that is you. If the world is you, there's no need to be afraid. It is a shifting, changing world always. The only danger is in trying to stay the same. We send you love on your courageous earthly journey where you will rise above forever and eternally, just like the sun rise and set again, forever returning and burning, reminding us who we've always been. Whoa, that's beautiful. It's wild, huh? Yeah. Healing and feeling. And like that, bring the torch to integrate the dark. Yeah, that part stood out to me too. That feels like that Aries, like Chiron Aries, Aries North Node. Yeah. Expect new things. Like just that, like how we can relax into just being open. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a big message has been the more we expect it, I feel like this year is so much about releasing the old so that we don't keep expecting the same thing again. 100%. 
Like it's, they're inviting us to truly let go and like allow ourselves to float through the void of creation to something new. A hundred percent. Totally feel that. Like not this whole, like coming back, coming back, coming back, coming back, like actually breaking the loop. Yeah. But it's, but at the same time, we've already done that before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's like seeing it that way though. You know what I mean? Like we, we, so I, I know I do. I sometimes often be like, here I am again, here I am again here, you know? Um, yeah. And it's just like, you're looking at it from a different lens, which changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's coming back to that innocence and back to that like original spark. Yeah. That I think is what helps us break through, you know? And then again, with the torch, it's like, break. it says a lot about breaking the loops of fear too. when you bring a torch in the dark like that's the thing you don't have to be afraid and it's just that we can't see it that's the change we can't see it's like just allow allow it to happen and and have that strong faith like back to the strength card there's so much supporting us and I feel like this is a really good year to to really lean on your bravery Mm. Aries is the pioneer yeah it's not afraid literally like you'll talk to an Aries and you're like yeah I traveled through India all by myself I'm like what (laughs) you did what (laughs) they're just there's just such a bravery in its own self yeah you know like so it's just like the higher vibration of Aries is like so centered in self Mm -hmm. that it's just brave to pioneer new things and move forward which we really need that you know yeah And I, you reminded me of this vision I got in a conversation I was having with Matt where, um, you know, if you look at like the flower of life, it's all of these circles that join together. And it's like each of these circles are like our different perceptions and our different inner worlds that come together to create the whole. And I see like this little spark burning, almost like if the circles were made out of a fuse. I see the spark like burning and tracing each circle and like that, that wholeness being activated by each of our individual journeys and inspirations. Yeah. And how important that is to, to get, a, again, strength, right? Yeah. Yeah. The strength. Yeah. Love it. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Our Aries rising, Wendy and I are like, yes, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, stomping forward, <laughs> trudging ahead. Yeah, are you getting on? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stevie. This was really so great. And- also, um, would you like to let everybody know where they can find you and what kind of offerings you have? Sure. So I'm mostly on Instagram where I spend a lot of time, um, Farmhouse Moon. And then I also have a newsletter you can sign up for on my website, farmhousemoon.com. Um, and that's really where I'll send you astro updates and new offerings. And you'll be the first to have the teachings that come through essentially on the newsletter. Um, But right now I have two separate programs that I'm working with people on. One is a four month long program called my alchemy program. And it's essentially like, if you're the type of person that really wants to take the leap and create a new reality for yourself, and you're like ready for something 
you're ready for your soul to take over and really understand what your mission is here and who you are and like be really empowered quickly. <laughs> um, my alchemy program is awesome where we get to work one-on-one -on -one together um, for four months. And then the other offering I have is my plug-in program where we meet once a month for a whole year. And it's really for people that either want to learn astrology or learn the cycles that they're in on a monthly basis. So we talk about like all the retrogrades, all the full and new moons, all of the activations, um, and also like who you are as well. Like I always come back to the soul self with all of my sessions, but um, that one's more for people that are like, okay, I really want to like flow with the cycles. Yeah. So that's what I'm offering right now. Yeah. It's awesome. been such, yeah, it's been such rewarding work to work with people this way. I bet. I love that so much. I think it's, it's so helpful for us to understand the cycles and even just the concept of that too, that everything is cyclical yeah. and, and to have that like reassurance and validation of whatever it is that you're going through. Like there's an energy behind it, right? Absolutely. There's an invitation and there's an ending. Thank goodness. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you can flow with them versus like trying to hold on to the boulders down the stream, you know, like it's a, it's a, it's nice. It's very helpful. It's like, what's gotten me through life so far, like knowing these things. Yes. Yes. Very I helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And wishing everyone a courageous 2024. Yes. Call on the strength. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Light Always Wins. You can find me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review and hit subscribe and maybe share with some of your friends. Until next time, remember, light always wins.